Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the fifth installment of the Ideas Podcast. I'm Lena, and I'm here with my friend Janiel, and we're going to be talking about an interrupting oppression workshop that we were lucky enough to be a part of uh, last November. So the workshop was led by Sally Eck and organized by Mariah Day, a teacher at our school. Um, and in this podcast, we're going to be reflecting on that experience, talking about the structure of the workshop and what it was like training eighth graders to interrupt oppression. So the way she began this workshop was by explaining to us uh, what oppression microaggression is and also what interrupting oppression means and what that implies. The way that she described oppression was as an institutionalized power imbalance that is part of the socialized consciousness. So basically just explaining that that's something that we're used to and it's implemented in day-to-day lives such as economy, the government, education, media, and et cetera, et cetera. She went on to describe a microaggression by saying that microaggressions are brief, commonplace, daily verbal, behavioral, or environmental indignities um, such as hostile uh, insults. So, for example, by saying um, she's very ambitious for a girl, that's something that doesn't have much uh, hostile intent, but it's something that can be taken personally by someone and very can be very offensive to others. Then she explained what interrupting oppression is by saying acting upon the opportunity for a dialogue and or action regarding the experience of oppression in our lives. She then went on to say that interrupting oppression is acting upon the opportunity for dialogue and or action regarding the experience of oppression in our lives. So, for example, if someone were to say she is very ambitious for a girl, you would take that opportunity to say something to that person. For example, she would say, what do you mean by that in order to interrupt that microaggression? Right. Um, And... In talking about this workshop, we want to reflect on both our experience being trained, so preparing um, to talk to eighth graders, and then the actual experience of sitting um, for six hours in a room with the entire eighth grade class and discussing interrupting oppression. So in order to prepare um, for training the eighth graders, we were sat in a room with both teachers and students, and we went over the terms that Janiel just mentioned, and we read through them, and we discussed them. Uh, And we talked about oppression that we had witnessed in our school community and kind of replicated some ways that we can interrupt that. And that was helpful because we then knew the categories of oppression um, and how to recognize them in conversations and how we can then teach the eighth graders to take a stand and say something against them. Uh, So a week later, we then sat in a room full of eighth graders and we went through basically the same structure that we did throughout our training, um, where we explained to them these definitions and uh, how to recognize oppressions and what to do when you're put in a situation like that. And in reflecting upon that experience, the first, we went through two cycles of students. Uh. And the first cycle of students, I don't know if you agree with this, Janiel, but we felt like we weren't being taken seriously and that Sally X efforts were sort of not going to waste, but were being laughed at. Yeah, definitely. And um, that was hard, especially when you're sitting there trying to talk about oppression and talk about exactly these jokes that the kids were making sitting Mm -hmm. at our table. Yeah, it was hard to talk about interrupting oppression when... We were sitting at a table with kids making comments like that 
and we couldn't interrupt them then because you know Miss Saliak was speaking, so we didn't really know what to do. But it eventually, you could see the kids start to think about it a little bit. Yeah, and Janiel and I also tried to say that laughing at this was counteracting what Saliak was trying to do. That she was here for a reason. Janiel and I tried hard to mention to them and to remind them that laughing at a workshop that was about interrupting oppression was counteracting exactly what Sally Eck was trying to do. And once we did that, I think we brought them down to earth a little bit and they started to take the scenarios more seriously, especially when we asked them about their experiences with oppression. I feel like we've got more of a reaction, but it was definitely a struggle. And I was also in awe of how patient Sally X stayed throughout the whole thing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when we were sitting at the table with the eighth graders, it was really hard to not say something and be like, okay, please have like some respect for Sally when she's speaking or something along those lines. Um, but Sally, I mean, we even spoke to her afterwards and I told her I was like amazed by how calm she stayed. And she said, it takes practice. And, and I think the second group that we um, were training was a lot more responsive in a way. Uh, We were separated, so we had two different tables, and maybe our experiences were different too. But at least at my table, there were still distractions, and there were still comments and jokes made. But I felt like it was more out of a place of like awkwardness. Once we started speaking to them, they realized the importance of what we were discussing, and that you know their experiences were also valid, and that they have a voice and an opportunity to interrupt oppression in those instances. And we spent a lot of time talking about um, gender and sport, especially transgender athletes. And the discussion did get kind of heated when a student said that he did not think that a transgender woman was actually a woman. And there was um, there was a, a silence in the room and there were like glares and a lot of people felt angry. But Sally Eck stayed very patient again and um, sort of moved the workshop along, but reminded that this is why we're here, to have these conversations. And she thanked him for being brave enough to speak about his opinion. I think the problem with his comments were the language that he used. There's arguments for both sides of that debate, but the way that he spoke about transgender issues was exactly what Sally Eck was trying to teach us to interrupt. It was oppressive language, and it was very hurtful. And I think we started noticing that the students were responding to their classmate, and they were really arguing against um, the use of his language, and that was empowering to see. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's one thing to have an opinion on that difficult topic, um, but then when you start to say... Like, instead of saying it's unfair for someone to partake in a woman's sport when they were born differently. Um, At the end of the workshop, Miss Saliak passed out a piece of paper with different oppressive scenarios that um, we had originally collected that were from our school. So things that um, students and teachers at our school had heard others say in our community. And she had written them down and she passed them out and... Our job was to kind of discuss how we can interrupt these scenarios. Some of them, the kids laughed at, and I think they were surprised that they were on the paper and they felt like they could tell that they had been written by an adult. Like, oh, a student would never say this. I think some of them really hit close to home and they could recognize that they themselves 
had said these things. Yeah, it was really interesting to see kids give their own personal uh, experiences and not just, oh, I heard this and I heard that. But it was very empowering to see all these kids recognize moments where they had used oppressive language or where they had been confronted with that language and hear them talk about it and hear them talk about what could have gone differently and what they would do and have friends defend them or argue with them and really interact with each other. And that was my biggest takeaway. I think those moments where kids were talking about themselves and what they can do in their community. And I think that's what's also um, the real reason that Saliak was here. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that. But it was definitely a frustrating experience and something that wasn't always easy, especially when um, laughing was kind of the default, maybe like a coping mechanism or or a defense mechanism that the students were using. Um, And I understood that and I didn't think that they were trying to be hostile, but it was definitely distracting from the work we were trying to do. If you, like us, feel a responsibility to confront oppressive language and want to use your privilege for good. And I think Janiel and I both had that experience that the workshop and working with eighth graders empowered us to do a little bit more and to feel a little bit less scared. Um, We hope that these tips for success, which are collected by Sally Eck, are helpful. And we're going to go over them and talk a little bit about the ones we deem most important. And hopefully that can help you. do your part and interrupt oppression. The first tip she gave was to respect and listen to each other and think well of each other. So just saying that it's important to listen to the other person's point of view. And if you don't agree with it, then that's fine. But to say it in a way, in a respectful way and not just put them down for what they think. Yeah, and I think in the instance in the workshop where that boy was talking about or, yeah, he was talking about transgender and mm-hmm. that he didn't think that a female athlete was a female and that it came down more to his opinions on transgender and pronouns and using the right pronouns. In that instance, I think, you know, being respectful and thinking well of each other, because my instinct was to be angry and to retort in a way that probably was you know, acting more on emotion. But I think really trying to reel that in and be respectful and, you know, state your opinion, but do it in a way that's more kind. Because Salik also mentioned that that's often the way that you get people to listen to you, just by calming down and by being kind. I think it was also very inspiring to see her react to that situation as she did remain calm. And like you had mentioned, you started to get emotional and wanted to react in an, an emotional way. Um, but just seeing her stay calm and like it did affect us. And I think if other people act in a way that is calm and mannerly, then other people will see that and take off of that as well. So then she went on to say um, about talk about confidentiality. um, And what she said was share the lesson, not the story. So if someone tells you their own personal story um, about how they were bullied then to not say exactly what they were bullied for or why, but just talk about like the solution of that and what is the most important thing to take out of that story and to share that and not 
yeah. the, the personal details. Yeah, and in cancel culture where villainization and victimization are very common, I think that's a super important lesson and one that's quite simple but not as easy in practice. I think to take a step back and just talk about what you learned from that experience. And I think the main takeaway is to refrain from gossiping and to just share the moral of the story and what you learned from it uh, and what the person that you're telling it to can learn from the story rather than trying to make somebody out to be the bad guy or the good guy. I think that was a very useful lesson throughout the entire workshop and even afterwards. And I think also be okay with making mistakes. You're not always gonna be great at interrupting oppression or even speaking eloquently about oppression. You might make a mistake, you might slip up and you might say something offensive. But the whole reason why we did this workshop is to learn how to move forward and how to apologize for your mistakes and how to change as a result of them. And if you can do that, and if you can take that responsibility and recognize that this is a chance for you to change your mindset or to change your actions, um, that that's exactly what we were trying to do. And with that, uh, another tip is to take risks. So don't be afraid to stand up for um, something that you think isn't okay or you do find oppressing, whether it's for you or for someone else or a friend. Um, so to just be okay with saying something to someone else and interrupting them. And sort of getting over yourself in a way. I know that sounds kind of crass, but just recognizing that your role in this is a lot bigger than how you feel in that specific social situation and that you can move past that and sort of take a risk and that you might be impacting a person or a group of people in a pretty significant way. And what she was also saying, she was also using the quote, my pain is bigger than your pain and that you shouldn't be thinking that way, that you should see everyone's pain as equal. And that individual pain and individual experience with oppression, that those are valid and that those are equally valid. Um, and that you should not discriminate, that oppression affects everyone and um, that each one of us have had different experiences and that it's very hard to compare them. And to just be empathetic to that, even if you feel like, oh, I've gone something very significant in my life, that somebody else might also be affected. Um, and with that, it's also important to empathize with one another and to love one another, but also yourself and to take care of each other as a community. And finally, um, this is sort of our greatest takeaway. So we're going to end on this note to get comfortable with discomfort um, and learn the difference between discomfort and being unsafe. I think that when we're interrupting oppression, uh, it's pretty easy for us to sort of step away from situations that we deem uncomfortable just because we're embarrassed. And embarrassment isn't the same thing as feeling unsafe. And of course, you have to know the situation and know the circumstance, but oppression does take a little bit of courage and a little bit of, you know, standing up and stepping outside of your comfort zone. And I think Sally Eck was really trying to push us to do that throughout the entire workshop and through the training and afterwards. And I thank her for that because I think I've recognized myself doing that and I feel more comfortable telling my friends to step outside of their comfort zones and to, you know, speak up for yourself and speak up for others because you might be privileged and you might not have to deal with oppressive language, but others do. And it's a good thing 
to um, use that privilege for good. And if you can, by interrupting oppression, then that's exactly what we want you to do and what Sally Eck came to our school to tell us about. Thank you so much for listening to the fifth episode of our Ideas podcast. Um, We hope to share ideas with you soon in the future in new podcasts. And we also sincerely hope that this podcast opened a door for you and that you feel a certain responsibility and empowerment um, to interrupt oppression whenever you can in your community. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.